Good afternoon and welcome to Young News Radio with your host, Johnny Phillips, alongside my co-host, Sean Clappis, on this October 12th, that is a Monday, October 12th, 2020, Spain, uh, Sean from Spain, I'm from the United States, calling in this evening, it's actually, what, 16 minutes, Sean, 16 minutes from midnight over there in Spain, uh, he's in lockdown country, I'm in Trump country, down here in South Florida, where he now is a permanent resident. And you know, Sean, today's show is all going to be about COVID and the election. And I guess just to get our audience familiar with what's going on here, we were actually talking before even doing a show, and we just got going with what's going on and some of the hypocrisy that's going on and some of the chaos and some of the just the nonsense that we've witnessed. And we're going to try to unpack that. Um, Sean... I think the bottom line is that when I look at COVID, and I believe now March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So we are in we are in seven months from when this kind of hit front yeah. page news. Yeah. This was never, never a threat. And I'm gonna say that again. This was never a threat. Now, yeah. was it can this be a threat like Anything else in the world? Yes. But I'm talking about the threat in which the overall global news and political powers at bay, the overall idea of a threat that they put out there is just false. This is hysteria. This is not necessarily the virus is a hoax. But the reaction and the, the kind of exaggeration that I've witnessed has all mm-hmm. been a real shame. And, you know, mm-hmm. with that said, again, looking back seven months, very early on, I saw a lot of question marks. I saw a lot of shenanigans. Things just didn't add up. I took a very aggressive stand from the very beginning, and I said very clearly that I think that this was an attempt to radically socially engineer people from the very get to, from the very beginning, and ultimately put us in the position of a computer program slash chip slash monkey who stays in a cage and is fed <laughs> and is fed food and is given a pillow to sleep on and said that you'll mm-hmm. be safe for the next 20 years as long as you stay in that cage. Well, you know, Sean, mm-hmm. I've always lived outside of that cage and March, April, May, June, I took that cage, opened that cage up and I said, give me liberty, give me death. So with all that said, there's a lot to go. Uh, there's a lot to unpack and I want you to take over. Yeah. Well, you said it right there. I mean, you kind of went right right at it, right directly at the crux of the issue. And, you know, a lot of people would say that you were being alarmist, and a lot of other people would say, oh, you're just being straight up conspiratorial. But I think um, it, it's, you know, like the writing is on the wall. We, 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 we already know that nations, whether they be democratic or or planned or or free or open a republic a socialist low socialist country whatever any kind of country a monarchy whatever and any type of system but this is also more susceptible with you know kind of free open democracies because we can you know you can willingly walk yourself into tyranny and think that you're just you're just you're you're fine but this is kind of how you know it's like putting a frog in a pot 
of well, tepid water and then slowly cranking up the heat until it until until you you don't realize until you're dead correct you're dead, and and this isn't know? the first time government's done this and i would you know i would say this that is, that's this that's is, what i that's exactly what i wanted to allude to because when i say the writing is on the wall all people have to do you know it's it's tragic how short we live lives because i felt i feel like if people lived longer or at least if people had better better memories or better or if people studied history more like i, I mean I'm, I, I'm not a historian but i love history i love 20th century history i love european history i love uh, and i love ancient history also and it's just there's such a pattern john of societies that no, you know nothing stays everything goes in cycles and everything and to to imagine that your society will stay the same always is just a fallacy right. without you having to kind of sow the re-sow the seeds once again but all of these societies john all these countries once you give the government powers they never give them back they correct. never give correct. them back it's correct. just it doesn't go both ways correct and you there's so many examples of this correct of, of and saying, i know since 9 11 okay. the, the yeah. patriot act's a great example i remember yes i'll yes. never forget the politicians that said this is only temporary we're only doing this to fight terrorism once right. terrorism is defeated, then we'll go back to normal and we won't have the crazy checks at the airport and we won't right. tap into your phones. I mean, mm -hmm. th and, and this idea that, well, people bought into the narrative that, oh, yeah, they're telling the truth. Like, oh, yeah, there is going to be an end to the war on terror. Look, I mean, right. I want to make it very clear. The virus itself, okay. I guess it exists. And someone says, oh my gosh, you say you get... I don't know. I don't know, Sean. I, I don't know how it works. I haven't seen the evidence. I haven't seen... But okay, I'll give you that. That there's something called the coronavirus. There's enough people that have said that out there that have been... That are legit people. And I trust them. And they say, okay, the virus out there exists. But the reaction was the hoax. Mm. The reaction yes. is where the deception lies. I'll just give you one example of something that I'll always remember. And it's something I'm going to tell my son who's now two, two in, in nine months, uh, two years, nine months old. Uh, I'm going to tell him this for the rest of his life. There was a moment, Johnny, where all you could see in the newspaper was the word death, death, right. death. Right. And overnight... The anxiety and the anxiousness and the level of intensity behind the words of media members was the exact same. But the only difference is instead of using the word deaths, they used overnight cases. Right. All of a sudden, I'll never forget this. We heard death and death and death. This was the most important part of what was going on. And then you know what happened, Sean? People stopped dying. And then yeah. you know what happened was they went into the boardrooms and they said, we have an issue here. It's not as severe as we're making it seem to be. So instead of using the word death, we'll use cases. And ever since March, April of this year, what have you been seeing all over the world? Cases, 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 cases. Everything's cases. Nothing is about death. And so this was to me one of the big eye openers. There were a couple of them. Uh, one of them was, I remember we did a show early on, and I said, I didn't like the fact that they said this was a big deal, but they didn't have a way of measuring how big of a deal is this. 
So for example, if uh, you think car crashes are a 95 or a big, big deal, okay, mm. and you say because uh, 10 people have died, but I tell you that 10, 10 million people a month uh, travel on 95, all of a sudden, because you know 10 million yeah. people traveled on 95, 10 people dying is not a big deal. Okay. Right. Um, right. The problem from the very beginning was they would talk about people dying from COVID, but they wouldn't put it into proportion to how many people actually had COVID. I know yeah. it's a lot to unpack, but that was another thing in which I saw in which said, you know, something just doesn't seem yeah, yeah. right. It doesn't fit. Well, also, Johnny, because I mean, when when you see, you know, it's very easy to 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 lie through omission. And when you say something like, oh, God, you know, Florida cases are, or would you take any state, really? Any state that, like, maybe a state that Trump just visited did a rally in, you know, they want to pivot away from that. And they go, oh, yeah, cases in Kansas are up by 300%. And it's like 300% of what? Right. Of what? Right. Eight eight people? Yes. Give me a break. And this is kind of the same thing that they did with uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And what this is the whole thing that Black Lives Matter kind of based itself on was that, you know, uh, 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 police killings of unarmed black people was this systemic epidemic. People were saying racism is a is a pandemic or is a is a, a health crisis, whatever. You know, it's like, OK, uh, I, I don't want to see any innocent black people killed by cops. Absolutely not. But let's look at the actual numbers. Correct. Oh, wow. Nine black, nine unarmed black people last year. Out of what? Out of how many? Ten million arrests in America every year? Hmm. Something's not right. This right. doesn't sound like it's systemic or a pandemic of right. But they're trying to keep us apart. Right. They, they what when the when the when you know the flavor of the month comes in and they're like, oh, oh, racism. We have to just say racism is everywhere all the time. We, you know, it's it's. It's keeping people either scared or angry, and that's correct. That's basically how the news cycle has been. And it's um, no, and it's so years. it's it's so frustrating. I know I spoke about this before the show. Where are you, liberal Democrats out there that used to stick up for the little guy? Where are you? Where are you? Yeah. Where are you today? You have been yeah. silent. You don't give yeah. a damn about the small yeah. businesses that are getting wrecked. You haven't raised one finger to the corporations out there that are making billions and billions of dollars and you keep your mouth shut because they do your social justice woke stuff that you just love and you love to talk about and dance about and show everybody in virtue signal and tell everyone what a good person you are because of all the things that you support and how tolerant you yeah. are. Well, you know what? Yeah. Small businesses got crushed this year. And all yeah. those liberal Democrats that love, they love to just say how much uh, they're for the little guy. We, they we love to the talk guy, about yeah. how they're for the working class. They love yeah. to say that we got to stick it to the man. Well, you know what? You yeah. have kissed the ring of the man. You have done everything possible to help corporations over the past seven months. And you haven't given a damn about the little guy. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, a- I mean... I've said this before, and this is the, I mean, so, okay, I'm. Economics, Tom Tom Sowell is, I'm convinced, is the greatest living American. Um, He has a great quote. He goes, um, liberal, liberal Democrats will 
know that the the cure to poverty is wealth and money. You know, you you get you get money in the hands of people who need it, right? And we know that building, like growing the economy and growing wealth by you know liberalizing the economy, essentially, essentially not taxing people to death, not regulating them to death, allowing small businesses to flourish. We know that that's the that's how you create wealth. So then, why are there so many programs in place to de incentivize the growth of wealth? You know, to right. essentially, and, and what I'm talking about is 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 uh, uh, you know public housing, uh, uh, just the the explosion of the welfare state. And I'm not saying that I don't believe in public programs to help the to help the poor, but it's like this huge allocation of resources into keeping people essentially victimized and right. wedded to the state this does not this does not create wealth this does not grow wealth it, right. just, re it just redistributes it around it doesn't do any growth of it at all so you know you could go a step further and say okay well i guess these liberal democrats don't actually care about the little guy don't actually care about the working class they they just care about their own form of collect their their own form of collectivist power Right. Which is, I mean, and it's like, it's like, I don't, this is the thing is like, I'm not a right winger. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I grew up a, a liberal Democrat. You know, I still think that I'm pretty liberal in, in many, in most cases. I would, I would check off the, you know, the boxes and right. on, on most socially liberal things. Right. However, you have to wonder. It's like the more you read about economics, the more you set, you see, oh, oh, you know, Ayn Rand said it perfectly. She says, there would be no mono monopolies and giant corporate enterprises can only exist through government intervention. Right. In a, in a truly free market, a truly free market society, competition would never allow that to happen. Right. So you have to wonder when these people say, well, no, you know, we need to, we need to sh shut down and we need to just, we need to just print money and give it to people to keep them afloat. It's like, right. that is an unsustainable solution. Right. You've closed all of, you've closed all of these businesses. You're basically giving people checks so that they don't go to work. So that right. they, so that they do not, so that you do not protest and say, okay, I guess I'll close my small business. All right. these closed, 40,000 small businesses right. think, are in, are under threat of closing forever. And guess who benefits from that? Amazon, Facebook. All of these giant corporations are going to swoop in. Starbucks, McDonald's. They're just going to swoop in and say, hey, no jobs? Guess what? We'll give you a job. Right. And then and now, you know, they've swollen their ranks. Even that stimulus so like check. They, they benefit. Even that stimulus mm -hmm. check. This is the big joke. What do you think people did? People went on Amazon. People went to Walmart. Right, right, it's like people right. didn't take that money and support a small business. Why? Because their small business was shut down. Why? Because yeah. they don't have the financial capital and resources to be flexible enough and to be wealthy enough to be able to invest in what they need to do in order to be COVID-free environments. Right. And this is another thing that you know Ron Paul talked about in his book. It was the big thing about we got to create sprinklers in hotels. And everyone was like, oh, that's so nice that hotels want sprinkler systems inside the hotels in case there's a fire. But what they didn't realize was it was fantastic for the big corporate hotels because of they could course. afford to put in a very expensive sprinkler system. But your mom and pop hotels couldn't afford this. So even though on the surface it looked like, oh, these people really care about the health and safety of other people, right? The small business guy gets screwed. And I'm, I'm tired, Sean. I'm really... What really has gotten me is they're just used to be a part of America 
that would always look at big corporate governments and be very skeptical of what they're doing. Yeah. And no yeah. one seems to have an eye on them right now. Absolutely mm. no one. And, you know, you can print all the money you want. You can <coughs> give stimulus checks all you want. But it's not going to solve the major issues that were pretty much exposed and the people who were left very vulnerable this year. You know, yeah. it's, it's just a very sad thing to see. And, you know, I, I mean, to wrap this, to wrap the COVID part up, I mean, like I said, March came, April said, we had the shows. Every show that we did, there just seemed to be a little bit of just things. Every show I remember we did, just one thing after another didn't make sense. It didn't mm. add up. And, mm. and then we went, and then all of a sudden, COVID kind of died off a little bit, Sean. And then, mm. the, and then as soon as it died off, what did we have? We had George Floyd. Yes. The, right. the criminal, right. 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 the yeah. absolute criminal, thug, yeah. disgusting human being who took a gun and yeah. put it to the belly of a pregnant woman. This yeah. savior, who apparently a very superstar popular tennis stud, decided to put his name on her mask okay uh. to popularize with people not knowing probably that a couple of things she should know about a she held a he held a gun to a pregnant woman and b yeah. well, most well, importantly his friends robbed her also, right you know most importantly how about this he had three times the lethal dose the lethal yeah. dose of drugs a in fentanyl. his system yes of yeah, fentanyl, fentanyl in his system yeah. Yeah. three times the lethal dose yeah. And not we could go on and on. Bottom line is that takes up a big portion of the summer. There's riots, there's protests, there's all these people obviously that are out on the streets, a ton of chaos. And then all of a sudden chaos, uh, COVID kind of takes the news cycle again. And and to me, Sean, I think the most disappointing thing that I see and I think it's here to stay because I think you made a good point. They don't just take away these things. Any one of these yeah. governments that sign on to a contact tracing law, Oof. it's there to stay. And yeah. to me, that's the one thing I think they wanted more than anything else. Once you get someone dependent on a phone to do bank transactions, uh, communication, uh, social media, it becomes such a integral part of the human experience. And now, obviously, the phone has become such a big part of the human experience. To now take that device and use it to trace people. And yeah. and I love it. Even like a Wall Street Journal article, they're actually saying, well, there are some benefits. There actually are some benefits to this contact tracing situation that we're dealing with here. You know? I and know. you can yeah. just, to me, Sean, I see exactly where this is going. There's they're gonna go as far as people are gonna let them go. That's the best way well, to that's, put it. Well, that's 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 and that's the problem. And it, you know, as much as I as I like Wall Street Journal, and I think that they're they're pretty unbiased and pretty well informed. They they do tend to lean towards technocratic solutions. You know, they're very technocratic, and so they see something. Oh, contact tracing or or. Are all up for it? And it's like, listen. I mean, this is, it's its like Big Brother just creeping in, creeping in and creeping in. And people don't, this is the thing is that there's so much jargon around this and it's so technical that the average layperson is not thinking about this. No. And so they're not, no. you know, you really have to do a deep dive if you want to get informed about this stuff. Right. But, uh, you know, if you try to, if you really get and explain to the average American or the average person, 
especially the average American, I think most of them would go, oh, God, I do not want that. Right. I do not want, you know, already, like, there there are YouTube videos to show you how to go, when you get a new phone, Apple phone, uh, 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 Android phone, whatever, you go into all the settings and you turn off all the tracking and, oh, yeah, this is this app is, is, is tracking you so that they can sell your metadata, 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 all of this stuff. And you just go through it and you figure out how to disable all that stuff. Right. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Right. You know, so it's just there's so much stuff in here that eggheads have figured out how to exploit. Yep. And um, regular people don't realize. And so it's kind of like you're just sort of rolling back people's privacy and roll. And sadly, so many people go, eh, what the fuck do I care? Correct. Eh, Correct. Guys, it's, it's too much. It's too much to think about. I can't think about that. Stuff Correct. Right now. I mean, even like they're going to sell my data, whatever. Correct. And even like WhatsApp right now has permission to listen into our conversation. They can open up the microphone because it's their app. Viber is their app. Yeah. Apple yeah, yeah. eventually yeah. Verizon. It's their app. It's, it's their device. So, you know, yeah. now I'm not a revolutionist. I'm one of those people that would say to all those people out there, if I was a politician, if I was Donald Trump, if I was someone who is leading a movement that seems to be a little bit um, rebellious to those global powers that are obviously in control today, I'd say, look, here's the deal. We don't want a revolution, okay? We don't want to overthrow Verizon and Apple and Amazon and Walmart and Whole Foods. All these, all these very influential entities. But we do want a couple of reformations. We want things yeah. to be reformed, Sean. We want people mm. to be able to wake up and say, I want to be creative. I want to be an artist and I love food and I love culture and I want to create my own restaurant and I want my own food. We should be able to say that this is a good thing for a healthy society, not have mm. an attitude of, well, if you can't cut it and you can't pay the checks, it's all right. Because if you're out of business, more people are coming into my grocery store. And so, I, I, you know, eventually, eventually there'll be a tipping point. I, we're not there yet. Everyone says, oh, this is it. You know, there's going to, people are pushing back. No, no, people are not pushing back. You know, when I walk into a church and I'm the only guy who's walking in there without a mask on saying, this is a joke, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're not at that point yet, you know? Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, move, transitioning, Sean, I mean, if there's anything else on COVID, I would just say this, well, if yeah. I had to make, if I had to make, yeah, if I had to make a prediction, this is only the beginning. I believe, and I'm going to go on record on this, mm-hmm. that this was a test run. This is the scary slash pessimistic news I have. I do believe yeah. that this was a test run. Mm. I believe that it was a test to see which parts of the world are compliant, which parts are rebellious. And when phase two comes, when stage two comes, when round two comes, whatever you want to call it, the, the powers that are at hand will have a very informative piece of data to look at and say, and see, okay, these are the people who are going to cause this trouble. These are the people who are going to be very compliant. These are the yeah. people who are going to be willing to give up these freedoms. And these are the people that are not going to be able to go along with these policies. I still believe deep down, unfortunately, that this is what I would consider the test run. And there's something that was so disturbing today, Sean. It was in the Wall Street Journal, speaking of which. 
And I'm going to, when you, when you finish up on your COVID prediction, I'm going to obviously look at it and give you the exact title, but it was something along the lines of what to expect the next time a pandemic comes. So I already see what's happening. This is stage one. This is let's throw something out there. Let's throw some policies out there. Let's see how people react. Let's gather information, see which parts are rebellious, which parts are compliant. So the next time we want to socially engineer society, we will have a better idea of how to execute our plans and who is going to follow us. Now, that's long term, meaning maybe over the next one to three years, okay, that next stage two kicks in. Short term, what I'm looking at in terms of this winter time, I think it really all depends on elections. I think someone can make the clear case that what takes place in November will make an impact in terms of how serious COVID will be for certain people. I have said right before the show to you, Sean, a lot of people feel like they have to. They are obligated to support a mask, support a lockdown, because if they don't, that will somehow mean that they are showing some type of support to Donald Trump and their hatred right. their right. hatred for that man their yeah. hatred for that man controls them and possesses them so much that Absolutely. that their policy towards masks towards lockdowns towards getting exercise outside is all based on how they perceive this one guy and yeah, that's why yeah. I think the election does matter. And we're going to get into the election, but I'll let you have the last word on COVID. Yeah, so, yeah, that's great. And I, so that's good. We can pivot into election. But I guess my last words on COVID are simple, simply this. You know, anybody who doesn't believe that there are powerful, nefarious forces who, I mean, maybe they consider themselves benevolent, but it's forces out there who have huge amounts of power and 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 in government and in in the in the private sector as well who want to roll back your civil liberties for your quote-unquote protection for your for the benefit of all of the collective oh yes of the of the grand human commune that they want to see these people are not your friend these people are not your friends they're not your saviors as, i mean as, as much as you think they are as much as you want them to be Anyone who's trying to roll back your personal civil liberties, who thinks that they know what's best for you, is not your friend, and don't ever think that they are. And I think COVID, like you said, is a good way for people, to, you know, to whoever those forces might be. And it's like, I, I don't mean to sound conspiratorial, but it's like, this has all happened before. This has all happened before. It's all part of the human experience. It's just that people don't want to look hard enough at history they you know things have been good for a while now and we've been very lucky and that's great that's awesome wonderful but if you grew up in soviet russia or if you grow up in a in a communist dictatorship or something you know the capacity for your own neighbors to sell you out right. for your own family members to say oh you are you are one of the you you know you are persona non grata now because you went against what the state, what the our dear leader says, and the dear leader knows the best, of course, because we're all in this together, and you're going against the grain. You know what I mean? Yep. So that 
Anybody who doesn't think that that exists, I mean, first off, lucky you, because you live in a very privileged and entitled world where you you have your freedoms and you have economic prosperity. Great, wonderful. But you have to understand, if you don't think that that is happening, has happened and is happening now, you are at best naive and at worst very stupid. Right. And when you look at the numbers and the rhetoric and the way that COVID has been has been shown given to the public it is 99% bark and 1% bite right full stop full stop i mean people have to look at wow donald trump got the covid chris christie got the covid they didn't die they're fine hmm i mean this is really ruining and then you look, you know just everything about numbers everything about deaths everything about the testing and how you know with the pcr tests they're like in, in florida or i don't know in america they're doing uh the pcr testing which is like the rapid testing they have to cycle it through like thir- and amplify it like 30 or 40 times just to get a, a positive if they're trying to get a positive reading because the the traces of covid that people have in their systems are so degraded and the viral load which a lot of people don't know about viral load you know, depends on how much of the virus you have in your system you know it, it, the amount that it has been overhyped and essentially drilled into people's minds to believe that this virus is much more dangerous than it actually is in reality. And that, you know, that, but, you know, you just, all you have to do is make people a little bit afraid. Yeah. A little and bit I, afraid. And then that, it's a feedback loop that just keeps amplifying itself over right. and over and over again. Right. And I think and, you make a good um, point. You make, I like that you said, be very careful to trust anyone yeah. who says, I'm going to give you a little bit of safety. Just give up a little yeah. bit. Give up a little bit of your freedom, and I'll give yeah. you, and I'll give you a little bit of safety. Anyone who approaches yeah. you with that type of deal, I would be yeah. very skeptical of because I'll be also very clear to everyone out there: don't for one second think that the government really cares about your health. No. Don't for no. don't think don't, for one don't. second that you think the government really gives a damn about your health. Because if they gave a damn about your health, they'd shut down the sugar aisles in grocery stores. If they cared about if they cared about people's health, they would take every single fast food joint and close it up for seven months. But guess what? The reality is they don't care about your health. They don't care about telling you that it's incredibly important to exercise, to get vitamin D three and to do what you, and, and to stay outside as long as you can, build up your immune system, take a cold shower, whatever the case is. They didn't give you any of that information. Instead, you know what they said? They said exactly what the pharmaceutical companies say. Take a drug. Take a drug. Yeah. Take a vaccine. Take a pill. Take a pill. We're going to get something that's manufactured by a multi-billion dollar corporation. Stick it in your mouth and you'll be okay. And, and, well, and, and you know and, what? And, and I, go ahead. And no, and that's yeah. it. I don't want to go too much on COVID and get into the elections, but that's, <laughs> no. that's I, I couldn't help myself to say that. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the last quote that I'll leave you with is uh, one of the scariest things that a human being can hear is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. And that's not, it's like, I'm not trying to be overly cynical here, but, yes. the, you know, and, and I'm here in Spain and people just, I mean, it's, the government is way more overarching here than in America. Right. Sadly. Right. And people seem to swallow the tripe. They go, you know, when 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 the uh, when the public uh, hospitals were overwhelmed by cases, everyone said, "Oh, we don't want a repeat of that. We we should all lock down." And I go, "Hang on, hang on, hang on. 
We're spending how much of our tax dollars on a public health care system that cannot absorb a pandemic? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna support this system if it doesn't work. Right. If it doesn't work, I'm not gonna give them any more of my money. More people should be and they're all going, No, we need to give more money into the public system. We need to shut down private hospitals and make them proper. Are you out of your goddamn mind? How much how much of the Kool-Aid did you drink? That you think that just because it means government and public means that it is in your interests and it is for the common good. Are you shitting? Are you kidding me? These people, some of these people are just, they've lost their mind. And that it actually functions. Being in a cult. How how about that? Like, like, so it says government and public and and it's efficient. Are you kidding? Name me, name me one place. It's it's an, it's an oxymoron. Government efficiency is as an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. And to be very clear. Like, look, man, we're all about the cops. We're all about fire department. We get it. We know that there are situations where there are going to be people who work, quote unquote, for local state governments. That's not what Sean and I are talking about. We're talking about people. I'm talking about a, fed, a giant federal correct, system. Is correct. What I'm talking about. Correct. A gener- giant federal bureaucracy that says. It's, give- like, it's like my, my argument is like, okay, well, if it didn't work. The first time we had this, you know, pandemic, so people, oh my God, there, there, you know, there's not enough ICU beds, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, the the public healthcare system, for all of its benefits, I mean, it, there, I, I, I mean, I've, I've talked about this before about how the private and the and the and the the private and the public system both kind of complement each other. But this whole people just bend over backwards for public healthcare, and I'm right. so sick of it. I'm right. so sick of it. It's like, listen, if it didn't work. This time, if it didn't do the thing that it was supposed to do, why is your solution? Oh, give it more money. Give right. it more money, and we should just we should sequester ourselves and lock ourselves in. Give me a break. You sound like a sheep. It's ridiculous. Right. And you know, and, and, and another thing, another thing. People say, well, you know, overwhelming the hospitals. Blah 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 blah. The government doesn't want us to overwhelm the hospitals. Yeah. Okay. No shit. Look, go into hospitals. The majority of people there are elderly people who have chronic illnesses caused by what? Our diets, smoking, drinking, sugar, fast food, all of these, all of these things, all of this medical science is literally just, just around to keep people alive. Right. You know, one in 10, one in 10 Americans is, is diabetic. Right. And I think one in one in three Americans is pre-diabetic. And you can't Give blame and you can't break. blame you can't blame COVID for that. No, it, that's what I mean when they say, "Oh no, well, you know, the the, the government cares about uh, public health, blah blah blah." It's like, listen, look at the just look at the incredible amount of, of deaths of from heart disease. Look at the incredible amount of deaths from diabetes. And not and I'm not saying that well, it's a government conspiracy; they want to kill you. No, I'm saying. You take your life into your own hands every single damn day. And guess what? So if you want to eat hamburgers for your whole life and then drop dead whenever you're drop dead, listen, I don't want to see it happen, but it's your damn life. Right. You live your life. Right. You li- we do it with everything else, John. Right. But with this COVID thing, we're saying, and this is another thing that gets me. Well, this is another thing that gets me. So everyone needs to wear a mask. It's like, okay, well, why? Well, you know, we, you, you, it's not just for you, it's for other people. It's like, okay, well, if you're wearing a mask and I'm not wearing a mask, then you're protected. You're all set. You don't need to worry about my life. Well, well and they, they, can't, they can't form an argument because that's exactly, it's my body, my choice argument. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you, if you're wearing a mask, you're, you're all set. If you're wearing right. an N95, you're, you're good. You've protected yourself. Correct, but, correct. But me, you know, you can't tell me 
whether I what I should be doing with my life. If you've because now it no longer becomes I've 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 decimated your argument where it's like well it's about protecting other people. It's like no 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 it's about you trying to control control my life. Right. Why? Because you're an authoritarian, and all of this is kind of cascaded from the fact that Donald Trump. People, I don't personally like Donald Trump. I think the guy is a bogus bully. But as far as in the government, he's the most honest person in the government who is willing to stand up for actual liberal liberal ideas like freedom of speech, freedom of freedom of movement, freedom of economics. You know what right, I mean? Right. And the entire establishment is crashing down trying to take him down and you, this should be red flags for everybody left right. and right. right if 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 establishment republicans as as well as all the democrats all the media establishment all the corporate establishment is trying to take him down Correct. you got to know huh wait a minute when did i start liking the establishment right. <laughs> the right. establishment is not your friend right. so be wary. You should your ears should perk up when you see the establishment all dogpiling on one person. Right. And you should say, hmm, is Donald Trump really as bad as they say he is? Okay, let me look into this. Right. Mm, no, things do not add. Up. Right. Things do not add. Up. Right. And that's a good segue because we're gonna f- focus into on the, the election. elections. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, I I have to say that, you know, one of the things, the reason why to this day, I said this last November. Everyone, you know, no. Every even now, people are saying, "Oh man, yeah, right. Trump's going to win." The reason I have never felt more confident in believing that he's going to win is because he has always made this about a cultural election. What what I found very interesting about how Trump has strategically looked at 2020 election and the 2016 election. He's not a Tea Party guy. He's not a conservative. Mm-hmm. He's no. not. An, <laughs> no. He's not an ideologue. So he never tried to win on the economic front or on the political front. He has launched his entire political life in the on in the cultural front. Mm. And I think at the end of the day. People are going to choose the guy who's proud of the American flag versus the guy who's ashamed of the American flag. Mm-hmm. They're going to pick the guy who wants to support cops versus the guy who wants cops to fend for themselves and not have their back. And I look at what's going on, and trust me, Sean, I mean, you can, I, if someone's not voting for Trump, I get it. I mean, you can come up with just very easy reasons. Look, if you're if you're a libertarian and you're fed up with the fact oh, that oh, for uh, sure. for Donald sure. Trump is spending money like a drunken soldier, you you sure. you, you you can't. You, yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. But what I think Trump understands is he knows that he's still gonna get a lot of people who are gonna vote for him just because of how he has culturally fought this election. And yeah. when he's been able to bring out the extremist side of the left, like no yeah. other politician has done before, versus yeah. the right is a real mixed bag. You have commentators who are all over the map. You have people mm-hmm. who are independents. You have people who are Republicans. There's a big box, and you don't know where everyone stands. Sorry. <laughs> there's a, you don't know where everyone is in that box. 
But mm-hmm. the way he's been able to make this all about, he's fought this on cultural grounds. Mm. And he has he knows he doesn't have an argument financially. He knows he doesn't have an argument economically. He doesn't deep down he knows he doesn't have those arguments for his favor. But the cultural yeah. issues, the love of uh, freedom, the love of the flag, a respect mm. towards tradition, all mm. these like interesting psychological kind of games he plays. Like yeah. there's a method to his madness and I think the thing that Democrats still haven't been able to do since 2016 is identify why they lost in 2016. Now, yeah. with all that said, I'm not saying I'm 100% can guarantee a Trump election. But I'm just saying that for all those people that are saying the polls, the polls, he's down by 10, 15 points. All I'm saying to those people is watch. Watch on election day what really happens and watch how people actually vote. And watch how Trump has tapped into the psychological mindset of the American voter. And he's pretty much said to them, I know you don't like me, but you're going to hold your nose and vote for me. And those are the yeah. votes. <laughs> that's, those, a good, that's a good analogy. There. Those those are the voters that can't be caught in this polling station. If you told me right, right now, are you voting for Donald Trump? I'm going to say no. That doesn't mean on November 3rd I don't pull the trigger for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's 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 been this talk about this about this yeah the secret Trump voter you know, and it's a lot of people Johnny who voted for Barack Obama who are secret Trump voters now. Because, well, I mean, you you wouldn't dare say in in open, polite public among all your liberal friends, oh yeah, yeah I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. They, are you kidding me? And so you know, it's like you, they would, or on or on on Facebook or Twitter, you would be called a racist in a heartbeat, in a in a, in a, a white supremacist, and all these terrible things that you are not. And and it's like, you know, the more they scream the more people they convert to Trump's side because regular common sense people go, I know, I know Brian, he's not a white supremacist. He's married to a black woman. Like, what are you, are you fucking kidding me? And so they, and they realize how crazy the left has become. And they they get quiet. They get quiet and they say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't really like Trump, but the left has gone nuts. I mean, they, they're, they're quite literally like they, they're asking Trump to, to condemn white supremacy and like last week the white house just put the kkk on a domestic terrorist list like if that's not condemning white supremacy i don't know what is right i mean just and it's like you know if you're paying attention you're gonna see like oh well trump they said he said that he didn't say that like right. or or he said he said that but he he they took it out of context they clipped the sentence in half like what are you doing you know so unless you are determined and unless you have full Trump derangement syndrome, just like full, where you've completely drank the Kool-Aid on this, right. then a normal critical thinking person is going to go, even if they don't like Trump, they're like, ah, geez, I mean, with the stuff that they're saying about it is straight up lies. Right. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this, despite all the polls, what the polls are saying, the polls are saying this, oh, you know, every every article that gets pushed to me through Apple News, even though, Johnny, even though I curate, I try to curate the news that Apple gives me as being pretty balanced between left, right, and center. And they still push me 90% lefty stuff. It's it's insane. I mean, it's a, the, 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 the conditioning is insane. 
And people see that. And so you see all the articles that say Trump is losing ground in this state. Trump is losing ground. And people are looking around and going, you know, I'm, I'm walking around my neighborhood and there's a lot of Trump signs. Like, well, yeah. I don't know what what right. what you are talking about. Right. And so I'm pretty sure, you know, it, I, I don't know. It's anybody's ballgame. But I, I think Trump's going to walk away with it, with a uh, like a... a, a in-person voting for sure. The mail-in stuff is going to be a shit show because, of course, <laughs> of course, of course, I mean, we have this whole, this is this whole scandal that he's talking about, which is Il- Ilhan Omar buying buying votes. Uh, right. That's a whole thing that, uh, 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 what's-his-face from um, uh, Project Veritas, James O'Keefe from Project Veritas, right. exposed. But, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. That's going to be a big problem. Yeah. But back to my point, if Trump wins... I think we should abolish the mainstream media. People, I mean, they go on any YouTube comment section of any clip that MSNBC or CNN puts out. The comment section is hilarious. Literally, everything gets downvoted insanely. And I don't know if that's like just YouTube has like a like a right wing. Uh, 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 bias, but I don't think so. YouTube is a pretty good cross section of everybody, you know. But I think people realize they go, "This is bullshit." CNN has just been—they've been floating on the narrative of Trump, Trump bad, orange, orange man bad, and they haven't been putting up any news, just that. And then MSNBC—they're floating the Russia, Russia collusion thing, which ended up being a conspiratorial hoax. So that's all they're talking about for years and years and years. So people are going. Wow, the mainstream media sucks. Right. They suck, and if they get it, they got it way wrong in 2016. You know, Nate Silver even got it way wrong. He never gets anything wrong. Yeah. And if they do the same thing, where they underestimate and they say, "Oh, yeah, Trump's got it in the bag," they go right for the Democrat establishment, the neoliberal establishment, the corporate establishment. People should just say. Like I think, I was. Mean, I wish Trump had the executive power to just be like CNN. You can't. You can't. You know. <laughs> just literally, it's like how much do you have to fuck up the news and right. fuck up reporting before pe- before people say done done. Well, that, that's what You're actually gone. what disappointed me about Trump was I don't understand why he couldn't get on the Joe Rogan show. I think one of the things yeah, that I look back that would have been awesome. I look I look back at some of the some of the things and I think. Let, let's say I'm wrong. Let's say Joe Biden wins this election. Um, I think there were a couple of things. It's easy to play Monday morning quarterback, but there are a couple of things that I would have obviously done differently. Number one, I would have never touted us as having the greatest economy of all time. Uh, yeah. When we were clearly not, clearly, because once the economy goes bad, you have to kind of own up, own up for it. But nevertheless, right. it doesn't matter. He'll always... In people's minds, if he doesn't win the election, people always say everything was perfectly fine and COVID-19 was uh, th- uh, imported by the Chinese who wanted to throw Donald Trump out of the uh, White House because you know he was being tough on China when in fact, if people actually look at the data, they'll actually see, Sean, that there's a, greatest, a greater trade deficit with China today and even before COVID hit than it was under mm. Barack Obama. But a lot of conservatives mm. refuse to accept the fact that that's actually true. Um, mm. So so I, I do think him not doing long, drawn-out interviews with mm. libertarian podcasters was right. a mistake. I don't know who... 
I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, here's my thing, Sean. I, I'm very surprised that one of his kids, who's in tune with Joe Rogan, who's in tune with Dave Rubin, who's in tune with uh, any one of your independent podcasters. Right. Why they didn't say, hey, dad, you know, there's this thing called the podcast and a lot of people like podcasts. And dad, by the way, you really would like it because guess what? They don't edit your material. They let you talk the entire time. They let you be you. Hey, dad, guess what? It's a really, really good idea to go on the independent podcasters list. And I think maybe it's stubborn baby boomerness from Donald Trump. Maybe it's him just not listening to his kids. Maybe it's his kids just being told by the lobbyists, by the people in the media, don't you dare touch the independent podcasters or else there's going to be ramifications. We don't know all the details, Sean. But if I had to look back and I was a part of his campaign and we're two weeks out – there's nothing that could serve his candidacy better than to go on a Joe Rogan podcast and just for three hours, just be yourself. Talk to just people. Talk. Just talk to yeah. people, Sean. Talk about yeah. what it was like growing up in New York, what it's like being a businessman. Um, take a couple of questions that Joe Rogan has for what would you tell young people who are looking to be entrepreneurs. I would, if I was Donald Trump, have an entire show – that's like not even about politics. It's about business. It's about making deals. It's about how to be right, successful right. in the business world. It's about talking about your greatest vulnerabilities, your weaknesses, the things that you haven't done well, the things that you're trying to do better, the things that make you a human being, Sean. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, man, if there was one piece of advice, that's what I would give him. What, what, what would you yeah, say? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I, I, you know, I remember we were talking on, online about the uh, – how great would it be if Joe hosted a debate between uh, uh, between Biden and Trump? That would be the best, you know, yep. because he would literally just be he would hold them to task. He wouldn't do this Mike Wallace hand holding stuff for Biden. You know, he wouldn't he, he would grill both of them, which that's what they both need. They both need to be grilled on tough questions to right. see who's going to fold and who's got better ideas. Right. And who I'm pretty sure I know who would fold pretty quickly. But uh <laughs> But like, and then also, you know, when Trump talks over Biden or when Biden talks from Trump, literally just Joe or somebody steps in and goes, shut up, shut up, right. finish, shut right. up, right. cut his mic, literally cut, cut his the mic. president's mic if Correct. you need to cut the cut the former vice president's mic if you need to. Good, good. That's what we need. That's what we need is a substantive three hour long debate. And you know what? Perfectly honest, John, Joe Rogan's podcast gets more views than Fox and Friends. Correct. Gets more views than Don Lemon. Gets more views than Shepard Smith. Gets more views than Brian Stelter. All of these, all of these hacks. Right. All of these people. And right. I'm not calling Shepard Smith a, a hack, but, uh, but I mean, he's, you know. He's, yeah, but we know. He's, they're he's got, just traditional, disuse, but they're traditional media forms that have. The traditional legacy media. Correct. Yeah. They, podcasters, and this is the amazing thing. And, 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 and Eric Weinstein talks about this. It's like the intelligentsia, you know, the mainstream media. They believe that they are kind of in this. I mean, they're basically in these ivory towers and they're speaking in an echo chamber. And not a lot of people are listening. You know, it seems like they have this air of legitimacy because they have these traditional ivory tower you know, TV stations with the letters next to them. But in reality, they're dinosaurs. They're right. just they're they're yelling in a hallway alone, right? And podcasters and YouTubers, those and Instagram influencers, those are the people 
who the average person is getting their content from now. Right. Those. Right. Those are the those are so those are the new kings and queens of this system. And but yet, because it's independent, because it's non corporate, they don't acknowledge that. Right. Right. And that's why and, I and think if, millennials. And, and, and if that doesn't if that doesn't tell you how much of this is, you know, the corporations who control the media mouthpieces and the ivory towers, how much pull that they have, even though they don't have nearly as much eyeballs watching their content. If that doesn't show you how much of a pull they have, I don't know what will. Right, know? right. No, and I think there's a, the there's a generational boomers. change. And I think, you know, what's interesting to me is, man, I tell you, there are a lot of baby boomers out there. They just get their news from MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's hilarious. Sucks. Like, they're great people, right? Like, I don't care. Say my mom and dad. Where do they get the majority of their news from their traditional cable news network? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if they're putting yeah. on a national syndicated show, it's probably going to be on Fox News. If, you know, mm-hmm. Linda and Mike Griffin, you know, uh, are good friends, most likely it's going to be on MSNBC. And, you yeah, know, yeah. they're good people, right? I mean, they, they know their yeah. stuff. They're smart. They're educated. But, like, they're just they're, – they're just – Sounds condescending for me to say this. They're just stuck. They're stuck yeah. in their traditional idea of what news is and where you get the news. And they're not willing to admit the fact that while all of this is going on and the propaganda is being pumped out on these news stations, there's alternative there are alternative channels that can be found out there that can be more efficient. And a better use of time, but to try to break the ice and try to get these Americans, which are in the millions, to go mm-hmm. along with something that's different, I, I, I guess it's, I guess as they say, as you get older, you get more and more "quote unquote" stuck in your ways. I think there's a little bit of that they would be fighting. Um, I, I just think it's, I think it's too bad. I think it's too bad mm-hmm. because, and I think for millennials. I think there's a lot of things to be optimistic about because I think what millennials should do is instead of trying to competing against these, you know, Goliaths, I think the way to compete is not to try to compete with them, but to not play in their same ballpark. You know, it's a classic, it's the classic art of war, I guess, right? Uh, the way I look at this, Sean, is, um, you know, how, how do you defeat an opponent? Well, sometimes you just can't fight on his battlefield. Right, you know, right. you refuse refuse to engage. You yeah, refuse yeah. to engage, and you will engage, but you'll engage on a battlefield of your <clears throat> decision. And I feel yeah. like the way that you're going to be able to move forward, specifically people between the ages of 30 and 50 years old, you're going to have to find an alternative battlefield, and you're going to have to say, "This is where we're going to create things. This is where we're going to build things," because it's totally different. It's new. It's more flexible. It's more innovative, and we don't need the same budget. We don't need the same amount of money. We don't need to beg corporations to be able to give us the amount of cash that we need to fund our operation. I think right. there there is some hope on the independent journalist slash film slash podcast side of things in which I hope there's a little bit of a renaissance that our country can kind of put together. And, and certain, yeah. certainly... After we've experienced all this COVID Trump non uh, all this COVID election twenty twenty non nonsense. Well, that you, that that brings that reminds me of, I mean, another reason why I think Trump is going to win is because 
like you said, you know, you see all of this media and Hollywood and all these elites and everyone, they represent this just the establishment. And people RH see the establishment as not representing us, being phony, being fake, being hollow, not being real. More and more of us see that. And I think you look at who the Democrats are propping up and it's like the same, it's the same song and dance as 2016. You know, they push out the, they push out the outsiders like Bernie Sanders. They push out the outsiders like Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard, the people who are not establishment Democrats. And they put up the most establishment, you know, career politicians who've been in for half a century, Hillary Clinton and now Joe Biden. It's just it's two sides of the same coin. I mean, it's just it's the same Beltway insider who's been doing this for he's been in the government for 47 years. And what does he have to show for like what the 1994 crime bill that liberals that, you know, people in Black Lives Matter point to as a as a evidence of systemic racism like that was Joe Biden. You know, like this is. This is, it's, it, I mean, people need to wake up and I mean, they, stuff I think up. they are. And they go, oh God, you know, the, the, the Democrats are not representing me. This is the most establishment candidate. And then they look and go, well, I don't like Trump, but he's absolutely not the establishment. The establishment hates him. He's right. just tearing everything down, you know? So, so they look at someone who's like, well, fuck it. Fuck it. I don't right. want to go with the same old. And I see this, Johnny. I see on Facebook, and it's just Facebook is a cesspool because I see people who are like, "Yeah, back the blue, v- vote a- anybody, anyone but Trump. Vote him out, anyone but." And I'm thinking to myself, anyone but Trump, really? If they ran Mussolini, you'd vote for Mussolini, really? Give me a fucking break, you bonehead! I can't believe that's a hashtag. I can't believe adults are hashtagging that. And right. this is these are people who, and I'm not saying. You have to like the Republicans, I, Johnny. I most of the Republicans I I hate. Yeah. I not hate, but I hate's a strong word. But I don't. I just completely disagree with most yep. of them. Yep. Some of them I do. Some of them I really like. Some of the Democrats I really like too. But most of the Republicans in the government, most of the Democrats in the government, I just ugh, ugh, right, ugh. right. And and but I want to say to these people who are like, yeah, back the blue and anyone but Trump and blah, 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 vote blue, blue. It's like w- look at where you're living. You live right. in. New York, live in Chicago, L.A., what, Seattle, Portland, your cities are shut down and being besieged by Antifa. Like, the crime rates have skyrocketed. All of the things that the left is talking about when they talk about economic inequality and they talk about, you know, black people being shot. All of that is happening in your cities. All of that is happening under de Blasio. All of that is is happening under Gavin Newsom. All all the most progressive lefty mayors and senators and governors and pol- it's like all of this bullshit that you're you're screaming about is the worst in right. these cities. So when are you going to wake up and say, "Oh God, the Democrats as they exist today do not represent any of the things that we care about." Right. That, and in fact, they're making things worse. Right. So it's like, and their alliance, the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party's yeah. alliance with the corporations is getting worse, and 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 like I said before, some of the Democrats in the past were the most outspoken and avid protesters against big corporate government, and right. now right. it seems like I hear crickets, Sean. Crickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this this is kind of the thing that that no one seems to be able to put the pieces together until they. I don't know until they either study history or study economics, but 
left leftist ideology or, or or you know people people don't know what the word progressive means they think pro- progressive means oh progress means everything gets better for everybody no wrong wrong there are pro- progressive democrats there are progressive republicans all progressive means is that you believe in a government solution to a society cultural or economic problem that's it Right. That is what a progressive means. Right. Tucker Carlson is a is a good example of a progressive Republican, right? right? Like Teddy Roosevelt is a good example of a progressive Republican. There's lots of progressive Republicans, right? Right. There are there are certain things that I'm progressive about. Correct. But to say, oh yeah, I'm a progressive, it's like you don't, and to think that, oh yeah, because I mean, I believe in, in in prosperity and equality for everyone. That's not what that means. Right. That's not what that means. It means that you believe the solution is only viable through a government solution, right? Right. And so, so people don't realize this. They they and and that means when you beef up government power. When you beef out government, when you cut down, you inevitably have to cut down on civil liberties and economic freedoms for people, for individuals, right? When you beef up anything in the government, it's 99% of the time, that's what happens. And that is fortunate for big corporations. Why? Because when you raise taxes, when you increase regulations, when you make it harder for people to do business, when you increase minimum wages, big corporations, and I've talked about this before, and I'm sorry, I sound like a broken record, but big corporations, they have the economy of scale to absorb all of those losses. Correct. And all of their little little guy competition don't. So when they fall off, those big corporations are are all the better because now their competition has died. It's a, it's a war of attrition. And so they're perfectly happy to say, yeah, yeah, let's increase the minimum wage. No, yeah, everyone deserves. Uh, yeah, let's let's uh, increase welfare. Let's increase taxes. Everyone deserves to have a to 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 have a working way. Blah 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 blah. Right. And all of it is antithetical to competition and to the growth of the job market, to the growth of wealth. It it's you know it sounds uh, uh, not it sounds an, like it's not intuitive. That's and that's right. It's not intuitive. It's right. economics. Economics is hard. <laughs> you know, you, have, right. you really have to think about it. Right. And for me, it was it wasn't intuitive for a long time. So I started reading about economics. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, this is why we don't teach economics in school because we have people asleep. <laughs> right. We have to keep people from being informed. Correct. Correct. Uh, I, I think I always find anyway, it really sorry, interesting that <laughs> I find it really interesting that in school they never taught you a class about how to make money and how to save money. Yeah. And how to manage yeah, money. Personal finance. So they important. never taught you yep. a single class about how to make money, how to manage money, you know, and how do you spend money. Yeah. And and I Rob, always Robert, found that Robert so Kiyosaki, interesting, right? Robert Kiyosaki, rich, rich dad, poor daddy, talks about that. Yeah, yeah. So they don't really talk about practical things, common sense things. It is what it is. There's a lot of great things that I was able to do, obviously, in a public school setting. But learning about money and investing money and making uh, and making money was obviously not one of those things that was taught. Um, with that said, I mean, you know, in conclusion, like I said, I, I, I Trump wins the election, Sean. Uh, the, the dollar is not in good shape. I'm really sounding like a broken record here. I think the biggest, the biggest, the biggest fallout that I see from this, I think, and I don't want to say a worst case scenario because I think whatever happens, there's always going to be something that good eventually overcomes evil. So whatever the situation is, I'm going to say that long term, I know that the good will out, will, will defeat evil, but. I do think Trump wins, but he doesn't win by a landslide. Or Biden wins, and he doesn't win by a landslide. If this thing has the 
has just a little little smell of close election mm. i mm. am it's very difficult for me to believe that the other losing side is going to accept the results right and right, I right, think right. the reason why that's so an incredible that's very important for us to take note upon is because right now our government depends on foreign money foreign money that buys treasury bonds that's important because then we can obviously you know you know how the whole debt thing works the point is is people look at as America as still the symbol of democracy of a republic mm. of mm. of the least corrupt out of all major corrupt nations right yeah. there's still this yeah, idea sure. that we're the beacon on the hill but i can yeah. tell you this right now now sean there's nothing more embarrassing and i don't think there's nothing more problematic for countries to see and then to react and pull their money out if America is the country in which has a contested election, in which yeah, after failed, election day, failed state. half yeah. the country says no, half the country says yes. And and because we're so divided, you have governors, you have mayors, there's going to be so much pressure for these other public officials to go along with whatever the zeitgeist is in the air. I could see a really... I could. I'm not going to say violent because not every civil war has to be violent. But I could see a very bitter election yeah. fallout from this. What I hope yeah, happens yeah. is the same thing that I mentioned to you before, and that is a couple of months ago when we had our podcast. I said, "Look, if we do have this election, I just hope there's a blowout. I hope Biden wins by a absolute landslide. Trump forms his own party and." Perfect, right? And right. Rand Paul can form his own party, and then the Bush mm. Bush Republicans can sit on their yachts and you know smoke a cigar all their day. No one needs them, right? <laughs> right so, right, right. so part of me says a blowout would be the best thing for this country. A blowout says very clearly to the other side, we lost. We're going to make concessions. We're going to make the reformations necessary in order for this not to happen again. Unfortunately, I see a contested election. I see an election in which people are very active and aggressive. The losing side will be very, very resentful. And I can see, obviously, a lot of problems happen as a result. One in particular, the foreign market saying, I want to get my money out of that out of that economy mm. right now. Um, mm. I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts on, on election day? Yeah, well, my prediction is that uh, in-person voting is going to go heavily towards Trump, but then suddenly all these mail-in ballots are going to come in uh, that are going to favor Biden, and there's going to be a big hoopla, and there's going to be a big mess over it, and we might see violence. That I mean, that, that's the pessimistic view. The optimistic view is that Trump just wins, Biden uh, concedes, and that's that. And then all the right, guess what? COVID goes away magically. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, and oh, what happened there? No, but you know, something that really bothers me is you see all of the there was uh, there was a few months, few weeks ago, the flavor of the, the you know the 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 flavor of the of the day, the flavor of the week. Uh, 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 headline was Trump admits that he won't, or, or doesn't admit that he will concede defeat. He's preparing. He's not ready to give. You know, he won't. When Biden wins, he won't walk away. Can, you know, basically just trying to paint him as a villain when all he said was i mean he didn't say anything like that he just said i don't even remember what he said but it was so totally innocuous it was like yeah, yeah we'll see how things go literally yeah. like that was the that was basically what it was yeah but even with that being said 
we have Hillary Clinton on tape, on video going, Joe Biden should not concede this election no matter what. And no, no one who, who where was all, where was the cry of authoritarianism when that happened? Right. 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 What the hell was what the hell? Where the hell was everybody when they, you know, it's like one of the most powerful Democratic politicians to ever exist is saying, yeah, you know, she definitely has some poll saying, yeah, Biden should not accept the results of the election. Really? Really, Hillary? Yeah. What if he loses? Right. You should just go back into the fucking cave, into the coffin that you came out of. Go away. Nobody likes you. You yeah. fucking thug, you murderer. Like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I, I can't I can't stand this shit. And, and it's like, you know, their side says something heinous, and then Trump says something dumb. And they go with the dumb thing as opposed to the heinous thing. You know, it's it's incredible. Right. It's like selective amnesia. Right. Lies by omission. It's insane. It's insane. And Johnny, I mean, you know, the 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 airing of racial grievances and and cultural grievances and class grievances that has been happening and manipulated on by elites by nefarious actors this is you can look at yugoslavia as a wonderful example of this former soviet republic they gained their freedom but then guess what they plunged into a civil war because oh yeah we want socialism because that's different from communism obviously and you know the christians should be mad at the muslims and the muslims should be mad at the christians basically you know kind of what we're seeing in america yeah i I actually given we need to Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, given the fact that my wife's from there, I, I think you're absolutely right. Ever since ma- meeting her and we got married and I've asked a lot of her friends about that situation and I've paid a little bit more attention to the history of Yugoslavia and what happened after it broke up and even yeah. on the when it was on the verge of breaking up. And I can't tell you if there was a... If there was a situation that I would compare to the United States and what we are facing yeah. today, in my opinion, it is very similar to what Yugoslavia was going through. And what's very interesting that people don't know is, you know, this wasn't overnight. Um, anyone in Yugoslavia will tell you that Tito dies in the 80, 1980, and the 80s were, you know, they were okay, but. But you could start to see things unravel, and then came the 90s. And when you think about exactly what you said, let's pin the Christian against the, let's pin the Catholic against the Orthodox, the Orthodox against the Muslim, the Muslim against the Catholic, the Christian against the atheist, the atheist against... Because of historical historical uh uh what you know just wrongs that you've done to my people and my and it's the oldest trick in the book tribalism straight up tribalism tribalism and and americans are falling for it they're falling for it because it's it i mean it presses very deep emotional evolutionary buttons and human beings are emotional thinkers you know we're not logical we're not logical in the least bit you know unless unless we unless we really want to be but it's well it's also can i say this too why i think tribalism is so powerful because it ultimately doesn't lay you, the individual, responsible for some of your exactly. failures. Totally, I think totally. I think that's why I fall into tri- tribalism sometimes. Because I feel like if I join the party, if I join the group, okay, mm-hmm. and I list my grievances that I have with somebody else or the world for that matter, right? Yeah. Ultimately, okay, it can be incredibly attractive for me to join a group in which doesn't pin me responsible for some of the problems that I am facing. 
because ultimately yeah. I don't want to admit that I have problems. And the, the idea, and it's very tempting to believe that I'm doing things the right way, but mm. this one group, this one individual, this right. one race, this one ethnicity, this one religion, gosh darn it, they keep on getting in my way. It's very mm -hmm. easy to fall down and follow that path of thinking into this tribe dominating mm -hmm. us and it's us versus them instead and, of trying and, to clean out and, yourself. and guess what and guess what johnny once you foment that hatred and you get you get you get things to a fever pitch where we're killing each other in the streets now it becomes very easy for <clears throat> for a dictator to come up and say listen 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 all these rights that you guys had Look at how much pain it gives you, right? right. We're going to take away all of those rights. And yes. when I say dictator, this could be, this could be Stalin, this could be Hitler, this could be Pol Pot, this could be, uh, 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 this could be, you know, our, our on what side of the aisle it falls on it's kind of like a horseshoe you know right. it kind of all meets in the middle yep. in the middle of horrible authoritarian collectivism you know whether it's another that's another Iron Man quote it goes you know Nazism socialism communism they're all different they're just different sides of the same coin it's all right. just government collectivism and control of the individual right that's basically it and uh, it's so easy it's like that I feel like that can be the default for human organization right. this whole thing that we call democracy this whole thing that we call free enterprise free uh, free market economy civil civil liberties private property uh, uh, individual civil liberties uh, the, this is all a very novel thing. And it's tenuous, and it's not something that's guaranteed, and we need to protect it with everything that we have. We need to protect it, because if we don't, these things get rolled back, our rights get rolled back, our freedoms get rolled back in the name of safety. Right. And right. I would rather take my own life into my own hands, be free, and live in a dangerous free, I mean, a dangerous, quote-unquote dangerous, insofar as you risk your own life in how you want to. Right? right. I get in a car. I drive. I drive a car. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm taking a risk. I'm taking your taking your life in your own hands every single day. I would rather have that tenuous. Possibly something might happen to me, but yeah. be free than be in a cage and be safe. Correct. That's just me. And Correct. I would like to think that human most human beings would agree with me. Correct. I would and like I, to think that. I, I bottom line is we want to be human, and right now we've yeah. lost we've lost a human we've lost a human touch. Whether it's mm -hmm. in government, whether it's in our private lives, whether it's in our family lives, whether it's in the institutions that we used to lean on and depend on for support and guidance, there's been a little bit of loss of human touch. And the, oh, human, the human touch has to come back. If you ask me, what do you want for the world in 2021? What do you want to be different? I will say this, Sean, with all my heart. I want people to be human. And John, I want most people of this, to be human. Most of this red, most of the rhetoric, most of the, most of the rioting, most of the people just screaming at each other online. Most of this shit would go away if we were able to just like hug each other, you know, right. and sit down at a bar. Right. It's like it's like right. you know, it's like just sit down, sit down at a bar, and I can be on one side of the fence, and you can be on the other side of the fence, and we can just hash it out. And right. it's like 
It's a thousand times more civil than if it were on Twitter and we're protected by our anonymity of our screens. Right. And we don't, the, the you know, it's, it's like, it's just like if you're flying a drone over a, over a, uh, an encampment 10,000 miles away and you drone and you blow up a whole village, it doesn't have the same impact as you t- killing someone right in front of you. And right. so the apprehension that people will have to be savage and vicious to one another goes away when you have to look in somebody's face. And that's, right. that's a blessing. That's right. a good thing. Right. And we, for some reason, we don't assume that the people who are running the show want us to get back to human interaction. Oh, right. we want to get back to normal. We want, don't th- Fauci said it himself. He said it himself. He said, I don't think people should be shaking hands from now on. From now on. Right. From now on. He doesn't, and, and, and he was even, he was another Fauci quote. Oh, even if we get the vaccine, we should still be doing lockdowns and social distancing. This is a man who is not, who does not have your interests at heart. And and I'm just going to say that because there's a lot of people like him who would be very happy if we all just stayed inside and connected to the matrix and didn't touch each other ever again. There's a lot of people. And they get, and you know there's what? He gets a high off of it. He gets a high off yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he reminds me of the kind of guy, and there's many guys out there, that love to speak words and the next day see all of the people who bowed and kissed his ring. Mm-hmm. Kissed the ring. And yeah. it is yeah. so powerful and so tempting to... It's intoxicating. Yeah. It's intoxicating. And he's drunk on his power, and he deep down loves the fact that he's given a microphone, and when he says something, people do it. And John, that's something that people should year, be aware of. Nine months ago, he was a no-name bureaucrat. He was a doctor who hadn't practiced medicine for 30, 40 years, and he's just a pencil pusher who's in charge of a government agency. And nobody knows his name except, you know, the peons who he's pushing around. It's, you know, it's like right. there are people out there in the world who you give them a taste of power and they go, ooh, I don't want to get rid of this. Correct. I want want to be powerful. I deserve to be powerful. I'm smarter than these people. If I say jump, they should jump. They should, don't even ask me how high, just jump, right? There's a lot, kings and queens throughout history have lopped people's heads off just because they could. Correct, correct, correct. So let's let's not forget that. We're not different humans. We're not different creatures from what we were 500 years ago. We're the exact same creatures. Right. Evolution doesn't work that fast. Correct. You know? Correct. <laughs> so. No, it's good talking to you, man. It's great doing a show. I'll be able to put yeah. this up ASAP. Um, yeah, I think it's it's it'll be very interesting. We'll definitely be doing more shows. At least I would, Sean, like to do a lot more shows leading up to this yeah. election. Um, now that I'm getting back in the swing of things here in Florida. So with all that said, Sean um i will be speaking with you shortly and uh hopefully we'll be doing a show on the next couple of uh, in the next week or so i hope so buddy it's good to talk again